right, psychology nerds, and welcome to Psychology and Stuff, the podcast out of Phoenix Studios at the University of Wisconsin, Green Bay. I'm Ryan Martin, one of the hosts of Psychology and Stuff, and I'm here as always with my co-host. She's the chair of the UW Green Bay Psychology Program, my good friend, Dr. Georgina Wilson-Dundas. How's it going, G? It is going fantastic. I'm so excited about our guest today because she was a student of mine my first year. I taught at UWGB and then we were neighbors. Like she lived on my same street. Some might say a stalker, but I think a bit more like a friend. And and now we do some collaborative work in the school district together. Sometimes I, I get invited to participate in the cool stuff that she's doing. So I'm so excited um, for our guest today. But I, I won't was, say anything more until we introduce yes, her. <laughs> don't spoil the surprise, Georgina. I, I was going to ask if she was a stalker. Um, but then you, you went right to friend, which makes me think you've got some sort of Stockholm syndrome now that uh, she... <laughs> needled her way into your life and now you are friends Out, outstanding very very good how have you been otherwise i mean so first year wait can we get into years then or no like that first year teaching. 1995 was my wow. very first year teaching um and i was likely not much older than all of the students when i started i was 28 when I started at UWGB, like just a a youngin, fresh out of grad school. And so it's so wonderful that students uh, have now become friends and and colleagues and it's a great thing. Very, very cool. Speaking of a student and friend, let's introduce Kelsey. Kelsey, how's it going? Good. So good. I was literally just going to say, do I have to like move down the street in order for us to be friends after I graduate? Because I yes. think that's a commitment I'm willing to make. Yeah. If I'm being honest. I mean, so, not too I'm glad close. to hear that. Like you want to, we need a little bit of a buffer. So a little buffer. Okay. Got it. Got it. <laughs> yeah. No, of course. Actually the house right next to me just sold. So you missed an opportunity. Mm, so, yeah. so close. Yeah. Oh, well. But. Oh, well. I, I did reach out to quite a few people to encourage them to buy it. Nobody bit, oddly enough. It's sort of like how Georgina and I have talked about this. No one ever sits next to me in meetings. Uh, like <laughs> we'll be in a full room and the chairs on either side of me will be empty. I sort of thought the same thing was going to happen with this house. Like it was just people are <laughs> just never going to buy it. It's going to become abandoned like a ghost town. No, a ghost town? No, like a haunted house is what I'm thinking of. But no, somebody bought it. I guess they didn't notice I was there. Yep. We They're should introduce find out. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. We should introduce our guest. Georgina, you're going to do the honors, right? Absolutely. So um, today we are so happy uh, to have Melanie Brick joining us. Um, Melanie, as I mentioned, uh, is a graduate of UWGB's psychology program, and um, she has worked in multiple roles as a social worker. She has a master's in social work with a certificate in school social work specifically uh, from UW-Milwaukee. She had worked for 15 years or or so in the Howard Swamical School District and is now currently the district school school social worker at the Unified School District of De Pere. And so welcome, Melanie. How are you today? I am doing awesome. Thank you for having me. So excited. And so um, 
you know, you, you have pursued a career that is very interesting uh, to a lot of our, our students and a lot of our listeners, and that is um, receiving a master's in social work, but specifically working in the schools. And so can you start us off by telling us a little bit about, like, um, how did you decide on that career path? How did you um, decide that school social work was for you? Um, well, I have to say, Georgina was one of my favorite teachers. I'm going to start with that in, in, in her first year and her second year. I graduated from UWGV in 1996 uh, with my, uh, my bachelor's in psychology. So anyway, but her and her colleague, Adam, were like our favorite teachers. We all talked about them. We all loved them. We felt like they were our friends, kind of like they were not, but they were they were super cool. So we wanted well, them we are to now. Friends. We wanted them to be our friends. That's why I stopped her and became. I mean, can we at least her. acknowledge that I wasn't at the university yet? Like yeah. otherwise, I'm sure, yeah. and I would yeah, have been one of like, your favorites. Oh, you would have been like right up there with them. For yeah, sure. just like a I tier know. below, maybe. Yep. Yeah, okay. well, yes. I, well, probably on the same tier, you know, like probably right yes. up there. So, well, um, I go that far, Melanie. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're you really would have had to decide where to live because I don't live in De Pere, so you would have had to choose. <laughs> screen pay, De Pere, it's tricky. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that would have been yeah, that would have been a toss up. So for sure, <laughs> uh, I didn't travel real far from home. I'm like 15 minutes from where I grew up, so <laughs> I, I, I made it far in life, but. um no, I am actually really blessed. Um, when I finished UWGV, I took a year off before I went to grad school because I was like, some of my friends went right on to UW-Milwaukee and I was like, I don't really know what population I want to work with. Like, I think I like the elderly people and I think that's like where my heart is. And then I was like, oh, I don't want to see them pass away. Like, that's really sad. And I don't really have the heart for that. So, um, and then I worked with um, adults who struggle with mental illness. And then I worked with some adolescents who kind of found trouble with the law. And I'm like, oh, I fell in love with working with kids. Like it was, yep, that was my passion. So I figured it out in my year off and worked a couple different jobs, like full-time and part-time at these jobs and said, yep, I'm saving up. I'm going to grad school. So I applied and went to UW-Milwaukee and my first internship was with adolescent male sex offenders. And I thought this is very good experience. However, this is not what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Um, and um, my second placement, my friend Scott had graduated um, from GB with me, Scott Borley, and he had gone on right away. And he had a placement in the Milwaukee public schools. And he and I had a class together and we would commute together and ride together because we both lived off campus as graduate students often do. And um, he would tell me about his placement and what he was doing. And I'm like, oh, I want to do that. Like, I think I want a placement in a school. So I did. I worked at Genslin in the River West community in Milwaukee. And that was my intern, my second internship in grad school. And I, I just fell in love, fell in love with the work, fell in love with the variety. I mean, like no two days are ever the same. And <laughs> just love working with kids and like seeing their potential and building their potential and like having an opportunity to make a difference in kids' lives is, is everything to me. Um, so that's kind of how I fell into school social work. Um, just, I had a really good friend that was doing that. And I thought, boy, I like what, everything you're telling me. There was nothing that he said that I didn't like. And I knew that that was the right track for me. And 23, 23 years later, it's still the right place for me. Like this is my life, this is everything. That's really wonderful. And I love the, the passion I hear from you as we talk about it. 
do me a favor. As someone who's, you know, relatively familiar with, with the kind of work you do, but I, I still, I'd love to hear sort of a, like, what's your typical day like? What, what is, what do you do day in and day out when you, when you get to work? Well, I do have to tell you, like I said, no two days are ever the same, but usually at like 5.30 in the morning, text messages start flooding in on my phone, my work assigned cell phone. And it's um, families that are homeless, that are living in hotels, that are living doubled up, um, that have had some unfortunate campgrounds in tents. I still have one family in tents that I'm still trying to find housing for and resources, um, which, which is a whole nother issue, like talking about community resources and, and gaps in services and things like we encounter a lot of those. But so my job is to make sure that they all have a ride to school. So I'm routing about four taxi cabs every morning all over Green Bay and Appleton and surrounding communities and making sure that these kids are getting to school. So my job is to make sure that, that there are no interruptions in that, in that um, service and that they can get to school. So that's how I start my morning. And then by the time I get to school, I usually have some meetings. We do a lot of like student consultation meetings where kids are having troubles. It could be attendance. It could be academics. It could be behavior. It could be mental health. It could be a lot of different things, um, health reasons. And we talk about them and like it's a multidisciplinary team. It's our school psychs. It's our admin. It's um, our counselors, uh, myself, the social worker, special ed teachers, like there's a whole group of us and we just problem solve around that student. And my role is usually to bring community resources to the table. So if a kid needs, you know, anything from the community, the kid needs an alarm clock, if the kid needs me at the front door, you know, like I have been called a stalker before, you know, by my families <laughs> I work with too. So, but if they need that wake up call or they need a reminder, or they need me to drag a kid out of bed to get them to school, like I'm going to do that. So, so I start my day kind of with a lot of meetings usually. Um, sometimes it's paperwork. Sometimes it's day treatment case reviews throughout the day. Sometimes it's coordinating mental health services for our students. I spent this morning, we have a school-based mental health program and we had some students that were absent and quarantined and COVID's created a lot of fun for us all here. <laughs> and um, so we're punting this morning and we have kids absent and and so we're putting different kids in to see the school-based mental health provider, which is a Bellin provider that comes to our high school on this day, but they also have it at the middle school and at Foxview Intermediate School too. So, so my job is to find kids and get them all the paperwork filled out so that they can access mental health services at school. Um, I delivered food um, one day this week to families who um, were COVID, have COVID or COVID quarantined and I put it on their porch. So I'll go to the grocery store and buy eggs, milk, bread, cereal, anything they need. And our National Honor Society group at the high school just did a trick or treat for cans. So I have a bunch of non-perishable food. So I usually bring four or five boxes of that along with some groceries because I know they're going to be locked in for 10 to 14 days and sometimes longer. So, so we make sure that they have food, make sure that they have housing. I'm working diligently with resources in the community to secure stable housing. I have like six families that still do not have stable housing. And I, every day I'm pounding the pavement, I'm calling landlords, I'm scoping marketplace. I actually got in trouble with the district um, because I was on marketplace for a really long time one day. And I was like <laughs> looking, looking for apartments and like the IT department contacted me and they're like, um, like we have to talk to you about the length of time in which you were on like Facebook today. And I was like, oh yeah, don't worry. I'm just looking for apartments. So yeah, I was on Craigslist too. So I think that's what plagued it is that I was on both of those. 
kind of forbidden areas for much of my day, but um, I will spend a good chunk of day looking for housing and yeah, I, I, lots of things. Um, students who are having struggles behaviorally in school, I'll go and work with them or relieve the teacher and, and work with them in the office or work with them in the hallway or talk to parents who are frustrated about our COVID policies and um, or parents who are you know frustrated with the lack of community resources around counseling and the wait times and try to navigate that and reach out to colleagues to see if we can expedite services. And I don't know, like I could just go on and on. I could probably talk for 25 minutes about all the different fun things <laughs> I get to do. <laughs> it's true. It's, it's actually remarkable as a community member. So I'm a, a community member in the district where Melanie works. And um, what I see is her creating community for our kids at school and connecting them with our community. Um, she'll often put out a call like, does anybody have dryer this week or something? And uh, it is very heartening to see the community rally um, behind those efforts. And I, I am often flabbergasted, like people give cars and like, <laughs> things, and all Melanie has to do is ask and our community surrounds these kids uh, with support and it's a beautiful thing. And I love that you are the connection between the school and our children and the community um, that surrounds them. Would that be like a definition of your, of your job as you see it? I definitely do. I definitely do that connection piece and, and removing barriers for kids to attend and function at school. So my job is whatever it takes to get kids in their seats and to have them be able to focus and learn and be the best version of themselves. That's my job. You know, I'm curious, and I know Georgina has some specific projects she wants to get to, but you know, some of the things you described there, as I'm sure you know, are depressing, right? I mean, those are really sad. And so I'm curious how you, how you stay positive as you're dealing with a lot of real difficult stuff. Like I view my job is like planting hope in the families that I work with and in the students that I work with. Like my job is to bring hope to them and I have to be hopeful too. And when you get a community response, like earlier this week for, uh, I had a dryer donated and I'm like, I'm just looking for one washer. And then another family needs a washer and dryer. And like all these people are offering washers and dryers like all over Green Bay and um, for, our, for our families. Like those are the things that give me hope is that when people wanna help the families that I'm working with to give them hope, like that brings hope for me. Like I still have six families that are not stably housed and that, you know, that worries on me at night. Like I worry about them, but one got stable housing on Monday. They moved in on Monday. They moved out of a campground to a stable house. Like you have to celebrate those successes. And that's what you, that's what keeps you going and wanting the next one. And like, I believe that all of these families will get housing. It's just a matter of time, like, because things always work out, you know? And I think having a positive attitude like that, things do work out, so. They really do. I wonder, like uh, Ryan alluded to some specific projects, and I, I would love for you uh, to talk a, a little bit about the mental health grant and um, 
and, and maybe even like the Hope Squad as part of, of that, what motivated you to apply for a grant? Like you have a really super busy job <laughs> and applying for a grant was a little bit like uh, above and beyond. So what motivated you to go the extra mile and apply and receive that grant and tell us a little bit about it? Absolutely. I think the mental health grant was like an opportunity to do some really cool things in the district that we don't have money for. And it was like, not even just cool things. It's like things kids need like mental health services. And um, like, you see the gaps. I see the gaps every day. I mean, I could tell you about many gaps that I see throughout the course of my job and mental health is definitely one of them. And schools like really didn't have the resources to get behind that. So when DPI came out with this mental health grant, they're like, you can write it up for $75,000. Like, I was like, whoa. And then, <laughs> we, then we just started dreaming about all the things we could do. And like in our very first year, we got like $73,000. Like that's all we had asked for. And we were able to do things like the Hope Squad, um, which is our suicide um, prevention program here in the school district, where we train kids to be um, like the eyes and ears of our school. They're not counselors, but they're watching for kids who are struggling. We're teaching them about the warning signs for suicide. And um, they're watching for those and their peers and letting us know. And we intervene and prevent tragedies from happening, hopefully. And we've been very successful with that, by the way, too, so far. So, and I hope that continues because we're spreading it throughout the district. We started just at the intermediate school and now it's at the middle school and the high school too. But um, Anyway, so the Hope Squad was definitely just like one part of that mental health grant. And I can't help but talk about it. I even have my Hope Squad shirt on today. So, you know, <laughs> because today um, at the high school, our dress up day here at the high school is like something that you believe in and something that is important to you. So um, saving kids' lives and, you know, being the life preserver for them, that's important to me. So hence the Hope Squad shirt. But um we also have um, mental wellness screening for all 10th graders written into the mental health grant. So all students in 10th grade are assessed by Samaritan Counseling in the Fox Valley. They come in and do a screener for our kids and anyone who flags like positive is met with, intervened with and connected with resources. Um, it could be our school-based mental health provider or it could be someone in the community, but we feel like that's really important. 10th grade, when we looked in the past at students who completed suicide, that was the year that kids seemed to get tripped up here and like feel like least connected and um, struggled the most emotionally. So that's how we targeted the 10th graders. Um, so that's something we've done for, I think this is like the fourth or fifth year of this grant for us. So we just keep rewriting it because like, I just keep coming up with other cool things I wanna do. So, um, <laughs> and, and, the, and the buildings have ideas about things that they wanna do too. So I'm excited to make those, you know, dreams possible for them too. So. Uh, we have allies in mental health at the middle school now, and we had it at the high school. We started it here. And it's just like looking at your policies and procedures and making sure they're like mental health friendly. Um, and we're really targeting the LGBTQ population at the middle school and making sure that that our practices there um, are creating um, supportive, safe environments for these kids. Um, we want that to be somewhere that they feel like they can count on and they feel good there. So um, we have like staff and parent education written into the grant, um, bringing trainers in from like Bellin, Purvea, Aurora, you know, all different places and providing like information to parents that they need to know, like watching out for their kids and how they can help their kids. And, oh, I tried to figure out how to turn my phone off and I did not. 
I was like looking through trying to figure out how to park these calls. So I just hung up on an admin at the high school. <laughs> Hope he forgives me. I'm just going to leave my phone off the hook. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> but so like we just, any topics of interest um, to parents and families, that's what we want to do. So, yeah. It's so, it's so amazing. <clears throat> the things that you were doing before the mental health grant without money and then the ability to dream even bigger and accomplish it <clears throat> sorry um with actually like a fairly small amount of money i know that like seventy thousand dollars seems like a lot to you but to me it doesn't seem like a lot like we shouldn't have to have a special mental health grant to have these things happening in our schools. And I'm happy that we do, um, right. but I, I'm, I'm hoping that this just becomes part of the routine uh, for our schools. Do you see that coming in the future? I do, I do. Like, I know like with our school board, um, I mean, that's like a thankless job these days, I think um, with our school board, like supporting, they said basically like, if we didn't get the mental health grant, like they believe in our screener that we're doing for kids. Um, our community believes in what we're doing too. We have um, a Hope Squad account and a Hands Across the Pure account where we did a huge fundraiser. And I think you probably even helped out with that. I know your friend Tracy did, but anyway, um, we did a huge fundraiser so we could like help families with car repairs, you know, a security deposit, um, you know, gas cards if they need that or food or just different incidental things that come up, uh, athletic fees so the kid can play sports or an instrument rental or whatever it takes to help kids be engaged and, and happy. That's what we want to do. So, so we have community support. Like, I think we raised like 40, over $40,000, $50,000, maybe let's call it through our very first ever event in August, the end of August to support kids in East and West Pier. So there's only one social worker in West Pier, And I was the only one in East Pier until last year. Now I have a colleague, Michelle Dulkey, who's amazing and helps me make all these dreams possible. But we connected with uh, the Westy Pierce social worker, Brooke Dwayne, because like we were on an island together and it's like, hey, let's pull our resources and we can make great things happen. And it's like, if you build it, they come. Like it's just, yeah, it's self-sustaining and this account is growing and we can do so many things for so many people. And that includes the mental health part. That includes supporting our, our private schools too, like Our Lady of Lords in Notre Dame with their curriculum for Hope Squad too. This is like a program where when kids filter into our schools for high school, which they often do from the parochial schools, they can be part of our Hope Squad too because they've had that curriculum in their building as well. So I think I, you just have to have passion and you go talk to all your service groups and our community just is rallying behind all of this, whether it's mental health, whether it's helping less fortunate, like they're just the champions in this really. So I imagine there are a lot of listeners right now who want to know about more about how to become this, right? And, and the process, the training you go through. And you talked a little bit about your background, but what recommendations would you have for a, a person who's listening, whether it's a student or, or someone returning to, to, uh, to school? What recommendations would you have for them on how to, how to get this job? Well, I think part of it is just finding your passion, you know, and part of it, it means whether it's volunteering or like taking jobs, you know, that might be of interest to you, but finding your passion and like never looking back, like 
that would be my recommendation is, you know, figure out what you want to do and what, what population you want to work with or where you want to work and, and just run with it. Um, get training, get experience, get volunteer hours, just whatever it takes. Everyone's looking for volunteers. Like people are short workers. I mean, you can work at the new community homeless shelter or St. John shelter, or, you know, there's just lots of different places you can work and put your boots on the ground. I think getting in the trenches and doing the work is where you find your passion. And I think I would highly recommend that like work experience and volunteer experience goes excellent with your academic coursework, so. And I think uh, a lot of students think, well, I wanna work in the schools, so I need to volunteer in the schools. That's not really uh, possible, really, like honestly. And so I loved that you said that after you graduated, you did a couple of different kinds of jobs, you know, working with different populations to figure out what the age group or what the population was that you wanted to work with. And then you pursued like a, um, a school social worker certificate um, with your master's. And so I think that that is also some great advice, you know, like uh, it, you it's may not, not be yeah. yeah, it's not bad to hit the pause button just for a hot second and figure out what you really want to do. Because like, for me, like this was like a career choice, like I'm committing to this, like I, I want to love what I do for the rest of my life. Like I want, I don't want to be an old crabby lady. I want to be happy and joyful and spread hope and love. And, um, and I want to love what I do. And, and it was worth the pause and the year off to figure that out. So, and yeah, and I love that. Well, and I think what Georgina just said is really important. I, I hear from a lot of students uh, things like, well, I want to work with kids or I want to work in the schools. And I think one of the things that's really important is to recognize that there's there's lots of ways to do that, that you don't have to just be a teacher. You don't have to just be a school psychologist. You don't, there, there are lots of actual jobs in the schools um, that students um, might be perfect for and might love, whether it's anything from being a librarian to a teacher to a school social worker. Yes. Yes, there are so many jobs working with kids. I mean, you could work for Brown County Human Services with child protection, juvenile court intake. I mean, you could work at Big Brothers Big Sisters. You could work, you know what I mean? Like there's a plethora of jobs where you are fortunate enough to get to work with youth. And um, if that's like your passion, like that happened to be mine, but like, I also liked working with lots of other populations too. But when you get that flutter in your heart and it feels good and like, that's just where you're meant to be. Like sometimes you get a sign and I got this sign and I am exactly where I need to be. So, and it's okay if you think you are where you need to be and you have to shift gears too, because I've had many people who've left the field of education and thought that this is where, you know, their, their passion was and their drive. But at the end of the day, like some of the things that are, were asked to do just didn't like work well with them. Like, and they just decided there's a different path and it's okay to switch gears. So if you're just coming back and you've tried something else and it didn't work, like good for you for recognizing that and finding something that does make your heart happy. Absolutely. So we, um, we have been asking guests, uh, some some random questions. And uh, so um, I'm scared. I, I think, like, <laughs> you should not be scared. I'm sure Kelsey has, has picked uh, five questions that are pretty awesome. But before we shift gears, um, 
Do, Ryan, did you have like a one last question that you wanted to ask or are we all right to go? I, I think we're good to, to move on. I, I, I just wanted you to know you asked that in a very ominous way, Georgina. You're like, we have been asking guests random questions. And so I understand why Melanie is scared. <laughs> I was like, oh, so, I yeah, might be a, losing connection. <laughs> a, a real bait and switch. Like, come talk about school social work, and then we're going to ask you really, really dark, scary, dark questions. Yeah. <laughs> so now let's uh, let's move to to five questions. We'll, we'll come back and uh, if you have anything you want to plug or talk about, but let's uh, let's let's get to our five questions. Kelsey, what do you have for Melanie? What horrible, yeah, difficult, challenging question? <laughs> Have you selected for our guest today? I mean, I don't think they're bad at all. I do want to say thank you, Melanie, for coming on. And even for what you just said about being able to change your mind and shift gears and things, I, I literally did that. I was going to be a teacher, chose to go a different direction, and it was a difficult choice. So I appreciate you, someone who's so far along, like giving people permission to say it's okay. Because I feel like we need that sometimes. By, by you know, so like, far along, you don't mean like really old, right? <laughs> no. no, I mean in your career. Never mind. I'm not even going to so... ask the questions. No. <laughs> no, that was really sweet. Please don't be mean to me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So the first one, easy. Are you messy or are you organized? Oh my God. I'm OCD. Like my kids, my kids are probably going to grow up with like the dirtiest houses ever because I have like the most unrealistic expectations. Like the faucet in the kitchen has to be turned totally straight. Like before we can like leave the room and like, I hate it when they like leave lights on or if there's anything on my counters anywhere, like don't judge my office. Like if you can see it, it's really not that great. I feel like I lost control here, but at home. Oh yeah. I'm a total neat Nick. Totally. My family would tell you. Like I'm almost impossible to live with because I'm so clean. <laughs> oh <my gosh>. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it can be a good thing though. You know, like I I wish I were better at it. I just I very much have like every aspiration to clean and then I end up sitting on the couch and you know nothing gets done. So <laughs> I mean, you yeah. know, give and take. <laughs> I I grew up as the youngest of seven and like our house was like messy. It was just they're just 50 pairs of shoes by the door. And like, it was just so messy. I think I like, was like, I am not growing up like this. Like I'm not having my own house like this. So yeah. So it, it's night and day. We're, we're polar opposite. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So the next one is if Hollywood made a movie about your life, who would you like to see cast as you? Oh gosh. Uh, let's go with Jennifer Aniston because I like think she's really cool. She's really cool. I would yeah, I pick her. I was like, oh, if yes. I could pick, I would pick her. You would? I would. I, would. I was like, I, I just think she's really funny and cool and kind of like flippant and a little sarcastic and mm -hmm. like that would probably like serve me super well. So <laughs> that was a really hard question, I thought, and I thought you answered it really well. So <laughs> nice, nice, nice work. Yeah, did you see me look down like oh, yeah I feel, you know I think you were reading it I think you already had it oh yeah I've prepped a whole bunch of questions I thought you might ask <laughs> that's funny all right I have to tell you the truth is that I hardly ever watch movies though because like if I'm stopped and I sit still I'm sleeping so like I am like the energizer bunny go 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 until like 10 o'clock at night and then I'm just like I'm done so yeah. <laughs> 
I love it. Okay, so what what did you want to be when you were growing up? An accountant. I started at WGB in accounting. I no, I you did gonna, not. Yeah, oh, I did too. <laughs> I was going to be an accountant. Yep. I was going to sit in my office and crunch numbers all day. And I thought, oh my gosh, this job is so boring. Like, I cannot. <laughs> like oh my gosh, I need someone with personality in my life all around me because yeah. Yep. So I was going to be an accountant. Yep. I think it's just because I love my high school accounting teacher. She was great. So <laughs> she was, I almost friends. became an actuary oh. and then I interviewed for a job and I thought the same thing. I was like, how do these people do this all day long? They don't talk to anyone. I was like, no, yeah, that, that will not bring me joy. <laughs> oh. Ryan, what were you going to be? Uh, I wanted to be a math teacher actually yeah look at us nerding up right here (laughs) i know and then i i went to for the for a similar reason actually i loved my my high school math teacher um and i loved math in high school and then i didn't love math quite as much in college and i think part of it was instruction i just didn't have the same kind of great teacher but i did love psych so kelsey and you said you were going to be a teacher yeah i just wanted to be duly noted that i hated math (laughs) <laughs> like it was like I I enjoyed my math teacher because he was funny, but other than that, I math is like the hardest thing, which is funny because my sister is actually an accountant or whatever. So, you know, oh, she works right. for yeah, like you know, <laughs> she works for acuity and everything and she loves it, but it's just so funny because we're very opposite. Like yeah. our brains work very differently. <laughs> but yes, That's I think awesome. I I flipped a lot. But yeah, I think teacher was a long-term goal and now that's shifted. But, okay, so let's see. What is your biggest pet peeve? Aside from messy people, <laughs> um, dishonesty. I struggle in the families I work with. I tell them all the time, tell me the truth. Like, I will love you and accept you regardless of whatever it is. Like, we can move on from there, but like, I really need you to be honest with me. And when people are not honest, I struggle. I struggle to work with them. I struggle to like, I, and I'm a very good forgiver, but like, that's really hard for me. Like, you don't have to be dishonest. I'm not going to judge you. I, I don't care what you tell me. I will not judge you. So yeah. So that is my pet peeve aside from messiness. And that's why I think it's so important as a school social worker to build that trust. And I think you do such a fantastic job with that because I think a lot of times um, people who are in the system learn to be distrustful uh, of because of things that have happened to them. And so uh, I love the fact that you are a trustworthy person to whom they can be honest. And so thank you yes. for that. Thank you. I think that's such an important quality, I think, in this field and just, just being a per- good person, like for everybody, whether it's social worker or anything else, like I think that's really an important quality and something I really value is honesty. So. Absolutely. Awesome. Okay. See, so you survived and that was four questions. We have one more though. One more. This is a very easy one. Could I need to go get some more deodorant after this. <laughs> I'm sweating over here. I'm, I'm worried about what's going to be fired next. So. All right. Where, where is your favorite place to eat? Oh, oh boy. <laughs> 
really anywhere I don't have to cook. <laughs> yeah, anywhere but home. Um, let's see. Okay, so it's kind of like a little hole in the wall and it's close to my home, but just stop in is like a little bar on Highway 57 on the south side of De Pere, headed towards Wrightstown, my hometown. Like they do good fish fries, even though I don't eat fish. I'm more of like a grilled chicken gal, but, um, <laughs> but they just have really good homemade soup and food. And I would say that that's probably like a Friday night guilty pleasure. So after a long week, just stop in makes my day. <laughs> I'm kind of a simple gal. Nothing crazy. <laughs> Just give me a grilled chicken sandwich and I'm really happy. <laughs> Outstanding. Thank you so much, Melanie, um, for, for everything you do, for, uh, for talking with us today, and also for answering the five questions, the very difficult five questions. I do. I feel like the, I feel like the favorite restaurant stumped you more than any of the others though. I think it did. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, like, because I'm pretty cool with anywhere, really. If I don't have to cook it, I'm pretty good. That I mean, is, I, that is do, me. Yeah, absolutely. We don't, do, like, we don't do McDonald's or like things like that. But like anywhere else, I'm I'm pretty good with. <laughs> nice. So, um, what do you want to plug? Do you have any resources? Anything you want to tell people about as we finish up here? I think you know what. If anyone is interested in some volunteer hours, we have this. Christmas store um, coming up at Deep Here Christian Outreach Christmas store at uh, First United Presbyterian Church on the corner of George Street and Webster and Deep Here. And we're doing that store on December 7th and December 8th. So Wednesday, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday. And um, Thursday is like, if there's a snow day, oh, I hope not. But you, know, <laughs> you never know here. Like, you never know. We could get 40 inches tomorrow. So <laughs> anyway, but um, so we have this opportunity for families to come in and they can purchase things at rummage sale prices. If a family can't afford it, we just give it to them. But there's something in the book called Toxic Charity that talks about just being given things. Like families feel a sense of pride. It's like restored and their dignity is um, maintained if they can like feel like they've paid their way for it a little bit. So, um, so they get things really, really cheap. I mean, they get $5 per kid and they walk out with like basically a grocery cart full of items for that one child for $5. So it's pretty incredible, but we're looking for volunteers for that. So if, if you are looking for some hours to, you know, work with families or see if that's maybe your passion is to work with families, no kids come through because the parents are like playing Santa and they're shopping for their kids but you get to work with parents and um, really grateful parents and really sweet parents. So um, it's a really wonderful opportunity. So I will share the links out. And um, if you have an interest, you can sign right up on our Google sign up sheet. Um, I think it's sign up genius actually, but yeah, we would, we would love to have you if you might have an interest and I'm going to be working there. So that's the added bonus. You get to see me and meet me. In person. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not a very good sell job. But <laughs> that's all I, that's all I got. That is that is perfect. We will um, include that link with our in our show notes, and then also Kelsey will tweet that out uh, around the time the episode comes out, or or post it on Facebook and Instagram and all sorts of places. So great. Thank There's you. no links on Instagram. I know that. I don't know why I just said that. Because <laughs> it sounded okay. good. It's yeah, good. exactly. Yeah. So outstanding. Um, you can find Kelsey's work at Psych and Stuff on Instagram, uh, where there are no links. Also on Twitter and Facebook. Georgina, where can people find you? At G-E-O-R-J-E-A-N-N-A-W-D on all of the all of the platforms, except for TikTok, because only Ryan's a TikToker in this group. 
Wow. Um, yeah, you can find me at Anger Professor. You can come and yell at me over things I say there, which is the norm lately. Um, you can, uh, I am on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. That's it. No Snapchat for me. Snapchat is the anti-social network, I think. So uh, not doing that. Um, wonderful having you. Thank you so much, Melanie, for, for everything you're doing. Psychology and Stuff is a production of Phoenix Studios at the University of Wisconsin-Green Bay. The executive producer is Ryan Martin and the production manager is Kate Farley. Our audio production coordinator is Bill Salek. Our graphic designer is Kimberly Vlees and our intern is Kelsey Engelhardt. Special thanks to today's guest, Melanie Brick. If you haven't already, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. You can also head over to our website, uwgb.edu slash podcast to check out past episodes of this and all our shows. I'm your host, Ryan Martin, and I'm here with my co-host, Georgina Wilson-Dungess. Keep being amazing.